my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you the next episode in the Jesse and Becky, the next chapter, New Parents series. Today I'm going to be focusing on season four, episode four, season seven, episode four, entitled Tough Love. This episode aired October. 5th, 1993. In this episode, Nikki and Alex's behavior gets out of hand when Becky and Jesse can't bring themselves to discipline them. When Jesse finally puts his foot down, he starts to regret it after the boys call him Mean Daddy. And of course, I always like to read the DVD case synopsis for the episode as well and kind of decide which one I like better. All right. To know them, and know is spelled N-O here, to know them is to love them. Becky and Jesse realize they must learn to say no to their rowdy twins. I, I like this one. I honestly like it. I think it's a pretty good summation of what the episode is about. It's all about the boys need to be disciplined. Their toddlers are getting a little bit out of control. And Jesse and Becky need to put their foot down. And the thing is, I think it would be best. Why does it just have to be one parent that is the is the disciplinarian? Because you know, if just one is a disciplinarian, you know the kid is going to go to the opposite parent who who's a parent who's going to be more of a softy. So I think honestly, both parents should be disciplining their kids, not just throw it off onto the one parent. This episode's got a six point ten. A 6.10. A 6.5 out of 10 based on 163 ratings. This episode was directed by Joel Zwick. Writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator. We have Ellen Gulas. And I guess that's as far as the writers go. We also have guest starring Gail Edwards as Vicki Larson. That's right, because this is the episode she's going to cook for the family. And she even brings up the fact that, you know, Danny, if we're going to be married soon, i got to learn to cook for a family of ten. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is an undertaking that, I mean, those people are, are, are superwoman or su- superman for doing that. Wow, that is a big undertaking. Especially when you're dealing with kids of certain ages. Some have different palates. Some, like... Because Danny even says, and I'll get into it, that the girls are really picky about what they eat. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm raising my hand. I was a picky eater as a child. I am still a picky eater as an adult. That's just the way I am. Okay, so there's no trivia for the episode, but there is a goof. It's a continuity goof. When Jesse and Becky walk in on the boys hammering in the pegs, the pegs are all... Almost all the way through the boards. It cuts to a very brief shot of Jesse and Becky, then to a wider view of the room, and most of the pegs have more sticking out at the top. Also, the position of the board on the viewer's right changes between shots. 
so it's a continuity error. I wouldn't necessarily call that a goof. All right, and of course, your favorite and my fa- Oh, my- Okay, we have a, revu- a reviewer that I've not seen for any of the Full House or Fuller House episodes on IMDb. This is by Lee Leela Lana 14. This review is from August 14th, 2016. Gives it a 1 out of 10. Wow. A 1 out of 10, guys. You can't get any lower than a 1 out of 10. Titling it Pot Meat Kettle. All right, here we go. Warning spoilers. This episode was by far one of the worst, which is saying something. For one, Danny has no right to call Nikki and Alex out of control when his own daughters are just as bad, even more so considering Michelle. The amount of stuff his daughters got away with is shocking. Also, Michelle was even brattier by passive-aggressively saying how Nikki and Alex didn't have anyone to teach them right from wrong, right in front of their parents. Okay, she didn't say that they didn't have anyone to teach them. She asked Danny who's supposed to teach them. And Danny says, well, in that case, it would be their parents. And then Michelle looks over her shoulder, kind of giving them a smirky smile, like, way to go. That was extremely rude. What did she expect would happen to her project? Danny, Joey, and Jesse always let the girls and eventually the twins run rampant around the house with minimal supervision. This entire episode grated on my nerves so badly that I didn't think I could watch it. However, like a car crash, I couldn't look away. I still don't understand why people still like the TV show. It'd be understandable if it was the 90s again with all those other corny and preachy sitcoms, but oh well. I guess some people People like the 90s nostalgia that comes with Full House. Well, you know what? You're right. They do. What do I always say, guys? Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That, of course, goes with the reviews. I also have the right to disagree with what this person reviewed. So, that is my right as a human. Okay, and of course, your favorite in mine... Power Mandan gives this a 3 out of 5. Oh, I cannot talk to it. I've been spending the majority of the day finishing up my review on um, the Look Who's Talking Now movie review, which will go out next week on Christmas Eve on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. So if you're into the Look Who's Talking movies and the Wonder Years and all that stuff, that stuff is more adultish appropriate. I don't go way, way overboard. So, um, if you want to check that out, that's for the 18 and over crowd. But, of course, Power Mandan gives it a 3 out of 10, titling it, Nikki and Alex, Bad Boys, March 30th, 2019. Says, I never cared for this. I know it often hurts parents to discipline their children, but Jesse and Becky have no backbone. They are much worse than when Michelle was a toddler. The twins are out of control. Ever since the permanent actors got cast, Jesse and Becky laugh when they do bad things. Remember when Nikki erased Jesse's schoolwork on his laptop? Um, you've seen the episode Power Man, and you know that the file was saved, so it's not a big, big deal. Well, they do worse here, and it is pretty believable. The family is fed up with the twins being out of control, so the parents must take charge if they can. 
Jesse puts them in a timeout and they call him Mean Daddy, which devastates him. The subplot is just okay. Vicky cooks a new meal for the family and Danny bribes the girls into indulging it. The second episode of season four has the same premise, but with Michelle. Watch that instead of this. Second episode of season four. Uh, okay. Let me jump over. I can't think of what that episode would be. Let's see. Crimes in Michelle's demeanor. That's right. Yes. We're with Michelle's first punishment. She's pretty much just pushing all of the boundaries there. Where Danny finally does have to put his foot down and put her in a timeout. Of course, the last review gives us a 9 out of 10. This is by Taylor Kingston. Thank you, Taylor, for this review. Okay, titles this The One Where Jesse Put His Foot Down. This review was published September 8th, 2015. Again, warning spoilers. I really love this episode. I love the characters of Nikki and Alexander, so I love when episodes are basically centered around them. It's good to see Jesse finally putting his foot down as he could have let the boys get out of hand. In this episode, Nikki and Alexander's naughty behavior gets out of hand. And it's time that Jesse actually disciplines them, but after he does, he wants to take it all back as the boys call him Mean Daddy, which honestly hurts my heart. Best part of the episode, Nikki and Alexander. Overall, I give this episode a 9 out of 10, which in my ratings book is amazing. So, of course, before I get into the podcast episode, I want to let you know, Tanner Newbies, for jumping on the Tanner train for the podcast for the first time, welcome. I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. On Facebook, type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast so all my land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can follow it. You can like it so you'll know what series of episodes I'm doing next or in the future or ones I've already done. Usually I do an episode, a series of four episodes based on a character, based on um, a theme. Right now I'm doing the Jesse and Becky, the next chapter, New Parents series. In February I'm going to be doing Tanner Girls in Love, which is going to feature Baby Love from Season 2, Season 4, Stephanie Plays the Field, Season... Six Lovers and Other Tanners, and Season 8's Valentine's Day episode, Dateless in San Francisco. March, I'm going to be doing the the breakup series, which is going to cover three episodes. The one where Jesse and Becky break up, they get back together at the end, spoiler alert. The one where Danny and Vicky break up, the perfect couple in Season 6. And in season seven, when DJ and Steve break up. Also, OMHC Full House, Fuller House podcast is on Instagram if you want to follow along there. OMHC Full House on Twitter. Also, where I let you know the week before the next month what series I'm going to be doing of episodes I'll be doing next. If you want to email the podcast, you want to get your opinion out there about episodes I've covered or plan to cover in the future, if you want to have your input, I would love to hear it. Just send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, 
If you'd like to support the podcast, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money to give you extra content. I give this free of my own time and from my own heart because I love the show. I love going back and watching the episodes, discovering things I probably didn't catch the first like five times I watched the episode. So all I ask is if you have a moment of your time, jump on iTunes, leave a review. Every five-star review the podcast gets, gets it higher and higher in the rankings. So that way we can get it more noticed by other Full House fans like yourselves. This podcast also is a clean, family-friendly podcast, unlike some of the, you know, and guys, I'm not bashing the other Full House podcasts. I love them. From everywhere you look, to how rude, to the Fuller House podcast, just, I love them so very much. The Fuller House podcast actually is a clean podcast that you can find episodes either on YouTube or Spotify, I believe, where the hosts actually interview some of the cast. Like, right after season one of Fuller House debuted, they are able to get Michael Campion, who plays Jackson, Elias Hargrew, who plays Max, Sonny Bringus, who plays Ramona, even you know, Gail Edwards, who plays Vicky, and just even um, the guy who played Viper, and stuff like And Juan Pablo, Andrea Barber, Jody Sweden... We're able to get them for they were able to get them for interviews. I highly encourage you to check them out. They are awesome sauce. I love them so so much. But like I said, I wanted to be an option for folks out there that wanted to be able to have a full house podcast they could feel comfortable to listen to in front of their kids and also something that was safe for their children to listen to free of bad language and inappropriate talk. So that being said, Let's jump into the cold open of Tough Love. Okay, the cold open. Michelle is in the hallway calling to Stephanie. Like, Stephanie, come here. You have to see this. And Michelle goes into her room and says, oh, this is going to be good. So she sits on her bed. She's got a sock puppet with googly eyes on the front. I think I made something like that in fourth grade. No, it was fifth grade because I had short hair. Anyway, Stephanie comes in. It's like, Michelle, please don't tell me you're still trying to make that sock talk. And Michelle's like, well, he can't walk. Look, I've been practicing, okay? Come on. Just, I'm really good now. Watch. Michelle starts moving the mouth, and I do have the subtitles on. So we hear Joey imitating Sock Puppet say, Hi, my name's Pigsley. What's yours? And Stephanie just looks at Michelle. It's like, how? Uh, yeah. I think he's familiar enough with Joey's voice. Like, okay, something's not right here. And Stephanie just says, how? How? And we see Michelle just with this grin on her face. And Joey saying, oh, nice to meet you. How? How? The sock puppet is cute. I like the little, the, the pig nose and the googly eyes. It's adorable. It's even got little pig ears and a jutting out lower lip. That is adorable. A lot of work went into creating the sock puppet here. But Stephanie, of course, is still pretty fooled. She, wow, Michelle, it's amazing how you threw your voice like that. Michelle is just kind of like, yeah, I know. I'm good that way. And Stephanie... 
and finally catches up. Like, you know, in fact, it sounds like you threw it from this closet. And she gets up, goes over to the closet, and we see Joey in the closet. And I guess, I bet anything he's going to pull that, oh, don't mind, don't pay any attention to the man in the closet. Right, Quinny? Hmm? Can you talk? Of course you can't talk. No, she's stretching against the doorway. Hey, goofball. <whistles> Come here. <laughs> what a goob. She's such a goob. Oh, oh no! Stephanie goes over to the closet door, which has mirrors on it now. That's pretty creative. And you just hear Joey as uh, Pigsley going, Oh no, go near the closet door! <laughs> yeah, right. I love how Stephanie just looks over her shoulder at Michelle like, Give me a break, as she opens it. And you just hear Joey as Pigsley say, Oh no, no, no! And then Stephanie pulls back the closet door and Joey's voice gets deeper. Oh no, 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 no. Of course he plays it off like, oh, well, the inspection's over. There's no moths, no termites. He says, I'll see you ladies in about six months or so. <laughs> yeah. And Joey, of course, representing the Red Wing, Detroit Red Wings with his jersey. Actually, yeah, it just, it's a jersey that says Detroit across the front of it. Because uh, as he's walking out the door, he's like lifting up the back of his shirt, like itching his back. I'm like, don't, don't do that. We... We don't need to see the lower half of your bare back. Thank you. And that's pretty much the cold open. Michelle's just smiling as Stephanie looks back at her. And she says, so that's how I did it. Uh-huh. Stephanie just rolls her eyes like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, who is wearing that light blue, pink, other colored gaudy-looking button-up shirt. It's it's a plaid shirt. It's just gross. It's gross, 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 gross. I mean, I could see maybe Michelle wearing something like that. Not Stephanie. Granted, Stephanie is wearing a light blue shirt with red, blue, green plaid shorts. But to each their own. <laughs> Come here, you gotta see this. This is going to be great. Michelle, don't tell me you're still trying to make that sock talk. Well, he can't walk. Come on, I've been practicing. I'm really good now. Watch. <clears throat> uh, hi, my name's Mr. Pigsley. What's yours? How? How? Oh, nice to meet you, how, how? <laughs> Michelle, it's amazing how you threw your voice like that. In fact, it sounds like you threw it from this closet. Oh, don't go near that closet door! Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, the uh, inspection's over. There's no moths, no termites. I'll, uh, I'll see you ladies in about six months or so. Okay, yeah, take care of that. There it is. Okay, Dan, Joey, put your shirt down, please. Thank you. So that's how I did it. Uh -huh. Just admiring the craftsmanship on that sock puppet. It's so good. And that, in a nutshell, was the cold open. Did any, 
any of you when you see like the trolley and the the trolley car in the opening shot or like we get that here coming out of the intro go San Francisco treat you know rice aroni with the trolley San Francisco trolley car <laughs> Speaking of songs that popped into my head this morning and this song's been in my head and I love the song because I just love it it's from Fuller House season five when Steve proposes to DJ right before it's that flash mob of Let's Get Married. And I'm just like, oh, I love the song, but it's on repeat in my head <laughs> all morning since I woke up. And I'm just like, what brought this on? So, yeah, we come out of the intro. We are in the backyard. Jesse is on the side of the porch with... <laughs> he's ducking down with Nikki and Alex behind some vines and they each got little dinosaur squirt guns they're so cute so like alright squirts let's go get mommy go get her and Becky's just sitting on this patio lounge couch oh no I'm sorry it's a patio it's a wicker patio chair okay not a couch why did I think it was a couch so Nikki and Alex go after Becky and they start squirting her and she also has her own. The boys each have a yellow dinosaur squirt gun. She's got a kind of a fuchsia colored one and she's like aim for daddy, aim for the hair because she starts squirting at them and Jesse's got a lime green dinosaur squirt gun. These things are so cute. I wonder if the, these were like bought or were they I don't think they were made on the set. I mean, that's pretty cool craftsmanship. I think, I'm, I'm going to look this up right now and see if these things really existed. I, I didn't see anything like it. They're just, they're really cute. They must have gotten like a family four pack or something. So Becky's having the boys like, aim for the hair, get the hair. And Jesse's running away yelling, sit, heal. It's like, they're not dogs, they're toddlers. So... Jesse, Becky, and the twins disappear around the side of the house. All right, squirts. Go get mommy. Go get her. Get her. Aim for daddy. Aim for the hair. Hey, no, this is supposed to be fun. Nothing here. Nothing. Back up. Water, Jesse. Dang. Go get out. With the squirt guns. Danny, Joey, and Vicky come in, and Danny's like, hey, since Vicky's in town, I thought it'd be fun for the whole family to go out to dinner tonight. And we see the wicker patio couch, and it's got, it looks like an action figure, it's got a, 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 um, what the heck's his name? Gonzo doll. And it's, uh, Danny also is, like, moving a little tricycle out of the way. Like, well, they do live in a house with toddlers, so there is going to be kids' toys all over the place. So, Joey is like, oh, that's great. I know this really amazing Chinese place. So, Danny says, no, no, Michelle doesn't like Chinese food. And Joey, since, since when? I mean, she's always liked it. And apparently they were in Chinatown and she saw some hanging rabbits in the window or some hanging ducks and she's just been turned off ever since. 
she saw all those ducks hanging in the window. So Joey's like, all right, well, let me see here. We need a place for ten people. As Jesse and Becky are coming back outside from inside the house, they're still squirting the dinosaur squirt guns at each other. This is, honestly, it's inconsiderate because Jesse comes out and he's got Becky and Jesse both have a twin on their shoulders. Jesse comes up because Danny and Vicky are sitting on this lounge patio couch thing. Jesse comes out and he's like leaning back on the arm of the patio couch where Vicky is. And he's practically squishing her into Danny. He's like leaning way, way back. It's like, dude, somebody was sitting there. Not to mention, Joey's like trying to ward off getting splattered by water too. It's like, guys, take that somewhere else. They're having a conversation. I get it, you're having fun with your kiddos, but give me a break. And thankfully, they go offset with the twins. Thank goodness, because I would be, I would be getting irritated. It's like take that somewhere else. I'm having a conversation here with my friend and my fiance. We don't need Jesse was practically smushing Vicky. He was leaning so far back on the arm of that thing, like leaning back in. It's like you know somebody's sitting there, right? <laughs> Good grief, Jess. And Danny's like, yeah, we we need a place for ten people. Place that doesn't mind a little noise, a little water, a little chaos. Joey suggests, how about the galley of a Viking ship? I'm like, how about Chuck E. Cheese? Or one of those other kid-friendly places that is already the decibel level of loud is, like, earth shattered. <laughs> like, so that way when you bring two screaming toddlers, you're not even going to know it because the noise level is like literally through the roof. So Vicky kind of volunteers herself to like, hey, how about your kitchen and I'll cook? And Danny's like, I don't know, Vicky. I mean, the girls are pretty particular about what they eat. In all the episodes that we've seen up to this point and even afterwards, the girls don't really seem picky. They're pretty much eating what everyone else is having. They're not like, oh, I don't want corn. It sticks in my teeth. Or I don't want this slimy piece of, uh, like, a uh, pork rib or whatever because it's slimy and it looks uncooked. I, I don't know. The only example I can think of someone being picky is when <laughs> Danny was trying to feed Michelle some goopy beans and she was you know just learning how to talk it's like look here's some Boston baked cookies <laughs> like no those are beans <laughs> and I, I like how Danny takes her hand kind of reassuringly like I don't want them to offend you I don't want you to get your feelings hurt because the girls really think that Vicky's gonna make something outrageous that nobody would ever have? I mean, what, outside of pizza, chicken, spaghetti, and burgers, and fries? I mean, yes, she does make... You know, I'll, I'll table that for when we get to that scene. But I like what Vicky says here. She's like, honey, if, I, if we're gonna be married, I have to get used to cooking for the family. 
And I'm trying to think if I have ever been put in a situation where... Yeah, one of Jeremy's work parties, we had went and I wanted all oh, this bacon thing that I think was wrapped around a scallop or something like that. And mind you, with the people that he worked with and stuff like that, and just, you know, a little nervous. Like, I don't want to seem overly picky. But, I mean, because I tried the scallion or scallop or water chestnut or whatever the heck it was. I can't even remember. Tried a little bit, and and I kind of, like, just, like, uh, spit it into my napkin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I mean, here's a word of advice. If you're going to your significant other's, spouse's, whatever's work party, and you don't know people, and they're kind of more semi-well-to-do-ish, you don't want to offend anyone or look weird. Just stick to foods that you're familiar with eating. Don't try to go out on a limb and, you know, try something new. Unless you want to. But to save yourself from, you know, an embarrassing, like, Ugh, what's wrong with that person? Do they not have manners? They're spitting their water chestnut into a napkin and hiding it on their plate? <laughs> and she promises Danny no hanging ducks. Ugh. I'm already irritated. Jesse and Becky come back with the twins, armed with those dinosaur squirt guns. They're like, Uncle Danny. They start spraying him. Like, what? he's having a conversation. What is your deal? I don't think the twins are the ones that need discipline. I think Jesse and Becky are the ones that need a talking to. Like, seriously. I get y'all live in the same house, but there's a time to spray someone with a squirt gun and there's a time not to. This is the time not to do that. And Danny is like, okay, okay, yeah, my face was feeling a little parched, thank you. It's like, he's, wait, he's wearing his suit jacket. Like, And Danny finally is like, uh, and Becky, like, can you kind of rail this situation in here, please? Becky's like, alright, alright, time to settle down. So, Jesse's like, alright, you heard mommy, time to settle down. And he sets Nikki down. And Nikki immediately starts spraying him in the face with the dinosaur squirt gun. And Jesse, instead of telling him, son, I said no, and take the squirt gun away, he's like, oh, maybe you'll listen to this. Eat water, buddy. And he starts squirting back at his son. It's like, that is not telling. You're basically just accelerating the situation. He's not learning, like, when I say no, son, I mean no. You, And take it away from him. Oh, okay, so before he, Jesse starts squirting back at Nikki, he's like, you heard mommy now, settle down. But then he relinquishes, like, okay, now I'm going to start squirting you. It's like, you're not helping the situation by keeping encouraging this behavior. And... Joey's like, they're totally out of control. And Joey says, yeah, two little devils. And Joey, of course, has to do his Tasmanian devil impression. Oh, no. Danny says two little devils. And Joey says identical Tasmanians. Ugh. Joey just gets this look of utter frustration. Like, ugh. Joey, while we flash forward, like, 30 years in the future. And, well, maybe a little more. 
and let's look at your goblin children because they are pure goblin gremlin children that are a billion times worse than Michelle, Nikki, and Alex's toddlers put together. Of course, Vicky is like, oh, well, come on, guys. They're not that bad. And Vicky adds, like, well, of course, I mean, I'm dry. <laughs> I don't live here. Danny says, you know, I love Nikki and Alex, but they don't listen. They're into everything and they won't sleep in their own beds. Danny, the fact that they won't sleep in their own beds has not a thing to do with you. Not a thing. Why, are you disrupted at night? Are they right above where your bedroom is and you hear the, <laughs> I want to sleep in the big bed. <laughs> are you getting any of that? Are you getting them running back and forth between their room and Jesse and Becky's bed? Little foot steps like racing back and forth. You're not? Then don't worry about it. The other stuff I understand like the whole don't listen thing. I mean, does Danny ever step and say, Alex, now I told you, put down that spatula or please don't play with my pots and pans or get out of the cabinets, Nikki. Because I, I think honestly... I mean, it is Danny's house. He is letting them live in the attic and everything like that. If Jesse and Becky aren't going to put their foot down, somebody in that house has to. And Danny pulls out behind him the gonzo stuffed toy. He says, I know they're just toddlers, but they could at least be taught to put away their toys. I love Joey here. He's like, Danny, that's mine. Of course, we get another impression from Joey doing a Gonzo voice. Hey, the big guy sat on my nose. I can't do Gonzo. He does a nose honk. <laughs> oh, since since Vicky's in town, I thought it'd be fun for the whole family to go out to dinner tonight. Oh, that's great. I, I know this really nice Chinese place. No, no, no. Michelle doesn't like Chinese food. Oh, come on, Danny. Since when? Since when? Since we walked past that restaurant in Chinatown and she saw all those ducks hanging in the window. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. We uh, we need a place for uh, ten people. Look out! Get money! Yeah, yeah. We need a place for ten people. Place doesn't mind a little noise, a little water, a little chaos. How about the galley of a Viking ship? How about your kitchen and I'll cook? And the girls are pretty particular about what they eat. Well, Danny, if we're going to be married, I have to get used to cooking for the family. And I promise, no hanging ducks. <laughs> Uncle Danny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks, my face is feeling a little parched. Thank you. And Becky. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Enough, enough. Time to settle down. All right, you heard Mommy. Let's settle down now. There you go, buddy. <laughs> you heard Mommy. She said, settle down. All right, maybe you'll understand this language. Eat water, buddy. You eat water, buddy. Eat water. Get up, you kid, get <laughs> They're totally out of control. Yeah, two little devils. Identical Tasmanians. <laughs> oh, come on, they're not that bad. Of course, I'm dry and I don't live here. Vicky, I love Nikki and Alex, but they don't listen, they're into everything, and they won't even sleep in their own beds. That's not your I mean, I know they're just toddlers, but they could at least be taught to put away their toys. Danny, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, the big guy sat on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think this is such a cute scene of Danny and Vicky here while she's chopping up what looks like a green onion. And I love how he's just leaning behind her and he's got his chin on her shoulder. It's so, it's so cute. It seems like ever since, you know, Danny and Vicky got engaged, I mean, I know she still lives in Chicago and we don't get to see, you know, them being coupley and stuff like that. But it just, it's, it's such, it almost seems like husband and wifey, it just, oh, it's so sweet. Right, Quinn? Isn't it sweet, girl? Yeah? No, it's not? Okay. What are you, this kid is so crazy. <laughs> she just looks at me and walks past the room. And he says, ah, I could watch you mince for hours. And she's like. You have been. <laughs> Alright, so looks like Michelle's got Stephanie as her lackey here. Or errand girl. Because we see this beautiful planet solar system diorama. And <laughs> when I say Stephanie is Michelle's lackey girl. Because she's the one who's bringing in this cardboard box. Been painted a nice sky blue color. It's got construction paper stars on the side. It's got white stars drawn on the inside of the cardboard box. And then it's got like little, I don't know if they're all like ping pong balls, but no, they're not all ping pong. They're all like, uh, the sun actually, I think is a grapefruit. And Stephanie is coming in the back door as Michelle's like, easy, a little to the left, a little to the right. Because she's trying to have Stephanie. Michelle could be helping. Like, you could be coming on the other side of it. Because all they're doing is putting it on the kitchen table. Stephanie, her complaint is, look, Michelle, the next time you make a diorama, put a window in it. And Vicky tells Michelle that's such a beautiful, wonderful solar system. I like that. Such a great diorama. And Michelle says, well, thank you. We live right here on the third ping pong ball from the grapefruit. I'd be like, uh, if you say so. <laughs> Danny comes over and sits down and says, Michelle, that is the most beautiful thing you've ever made. He kisses her on the side of the head and says, you know, as soon as I find a magnet big enough, it's going up on the fridge. So Michelle's like, but you can't do that, Daddy. This is for the science fair next week. And she looks at her grapefruit and says, oh, I hope the sun doesn't rot. Um, well, let's see. It's next week. You couldn't have waited to, like, attach that stuff. Like, in the meantime, take the grapefruit, put it in the fridge. Granted, I don't know how well it's going to stay in the fridge, especially if the things, the science fair thing is the following week. So Michelle's like, all right, Steph, let's go, because they got to take it upstairs to the bedroom. You can't just stay on the kitchen table. And Stephanie's like, Michelle, you couldn't have just grown a nice lima bean like everyone else? And well, no, of course not. That's not the Tanner way. they got to do big and bold. Go big or go home, am I right? Right. <laughs> when Stephanie picks up the the solar system diorama and swings it to the left. Michelle has to like duck down so she doesn't get hit in the face with it. Uh, I could watch you mince for hours. You have been. Okay, a little to the left, little to the right, 
model of the solar system. Thank you. We live right here on the third ping pong ball from the grapefruit. Michelle, that is the most beautiful thing you have ever made. As soon as I find a magnet big enough, it's going right up on the refrigerator. You can't, Daddy. This is for the science fair next week. Michelle, what's a joke? So hope the sun doesn't rot. <laughs> okay, Steph, let's go. You couldn't grow a nice little lima bean like everyone else. <laughs> All right, so DJ Steve, hey Quinn, and Kimmy <laughs> come in saying, hey, what's up, everybody? And of course, it's like, hey, what's cooking? Of course, Steve, he's a wrestler and a teenager, so he's like always hungry. So Vicky says, well, I'm making pizza and spaghetti for dinner. Are you guys hungry? And I love Kimmy. She says, you're new around here, aren't you? <laughs> like, we're teenagers. We're always hungry. So DJ, Steve, and Kimmy all zip upstairs. And Dana's like, you know, Vicky, I was a little nervous about this dinner thing. But, I mean, I'm real relieved you're making pizza and spaghetti. No, 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 no. She's not making your typical pizza and spaghetti. And Danny says, well, they're proving kid pleasers. And Vicky says, don't worry, they're gonna love it. She says, it's spaghetti al pesto and goat cheese pizza. Oh, um, this seems like something more that Vicky herself is probably what she eats. And she's like, oh, well, I love to eat this all, like, all the time. So I don't see why the kids would have a problem with it because... You know, maybe she's one that is watching what she eats and everything like that. And this is her go-to type of food. Like, well, I eat like this all the time, so I don't see why the kid should have a problem eating this food. And Danny's like, oh. And Danny goes into the living room and is like, oh, yeah, kids just love a steaming hunk of goat cheese. Ugh. I've never had goat cheese. I've had blue cheese crumble on, like, um fries and stuff like at a restaurant and I like it kind of like that or like on a burger but I haven't just I'm not going to sit there and start scarfing down blue cheese or goat cheese. I would be with Vicky's meal I would be I'd try it I definitely would if I didn't like it I'd try to pretend that I I don't, I don't know how is that like would do you think if you if you cook something if you're Vicky and do you have someone trying food that they probably normally wouldn't eat? Would you rather they lie to you and say they like it or be honest and say it's not really something they'd want to have on a regular basis or just like, it's not my thing? How do you do that? You don't want to hurt someone's feelings because they are cooking for you. Would you prefer, I mean, you yourself, you're eating it. Would you rather lie and say, oh, I like it? Or would you say, eh, it's not my thing, but... I'm glad that you made it so I could try it. And what's the best way not to hurt somebody's feelings instead of just flat out lying to them? I mean, seriously, I mean, I say I don't like, I, I like something. I'm pretty sure that someone's going to be able to tell, like, no, you don't. You don't like this. I can tell by the look on your face. I got one of those faces that's easy to read. 
Vicky, I got to admit, I was a little concerned about this whole dinner thing. But I'm real relieved you're making pizza and spaghetti. I mean, they're proven kid pleasers. Don't you worry. They are going to love it. <laughs> spaghetti al pesto and goat cheese pizza. Mm. Oh, yeah. Kids just love a steaming hunk of goat cheese. So now we go to Nikki and Alex climbing up the stairs. And they're like, Daddy, Daddy. And they go, what is that first room? Is that the bathroom? Is that Danny? I can't tell. But we see Comet coming after them. And he wanders into DJ's room, which actually used to be Michelle's room. And he finds Jesse sitting behind, or kneeling behind DJ's chair. Um... I've always been irritated about this. It's like, that is somebody's bedroom. I get you want to play hide and seek. But if I were DJ, I'd be like, you want to go in my room? That's fine. Ask first. It just, it irritates me. I mean, I get that they live in the same house and everything, but some rooms should be either off limits or like, ask. Just because the door is open... Don't just think you can go in there. Yeah, Comet goes in there and DJ's got a full-on chair with a little ottoman foot thing at the end. Or footrest. And <laughs> Comet barks and Jesse pops his head up and goes, shh. And Jesse is explaining to Comet, like, be quiet. I'm playing hide-and-go-seek. Come on, get out of here. So <laughs> Jesse, like, Stands up, goes over to Comet. It's like, Comet, they're putting a new fire hydrant in down the street. Go, go! He actually lifts Comet's ear or like whispers into it. Jesse's like, come on, get out. And he's actually now sitting in the chair. It's like, you're the one who's playing hide and seek, but you're the one who chose to get out from behind the, the chair and now sit in the chair so you're completely visible as Nikki and Alex come racing in. Like, we found you! Well, I can say this for Nikki and Alex. They sure picked up hide-and-seek faster than Michelle did because she... <laughs> Remember, I think it was in a cold open where Jesse and Michelle, I think it was like in season two or three where they were playing hide-and-seek. She's probably right around the boys' age there. And she would like open her eyes and like look for Jesse. And he's like, no, you gotta shut your eyes. <laughs> Jesse's like, thanks, Comet. That's the last time I loan you my my cream rinse. So Jesse decides to switch things up and says, Alright guys, this time you guys hide and I'll seek you, okay? He's like, go hide! Go hide! <laughs> He's standing there covering his eyes and like, alright, I'm gonna count. And the kids aren't, they're just standing there, like looking at him. One of them goes over and grabs Jesse's leg. <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's not the point of the game, buddy. Okay, well, they got the concept of I'll find daddy, but they don't get the concept of now it's your turn to go hide somewhere. Comet, be quiet. I'm playing hide and go seek. Come on, get out of here. Hey, Comet, they're putting a new fire hydrant in down the street. Go! 
you guys found me. You found me. Thanks, Comet. It's the last time I loaned you my cream rinse. All right. All right, guys. This time, the switch here. This time, you guys hide, and I'll seek you, okay? Ready? I'm going to count. You guys go hide, and I'm going to count, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, no, let's go over the concept one more time. You guys hide, and I find you. Now go. I'll count. Go hide. Go hide. <laughs> Go follow your brother. You know, Alright, one, two. And I'm just thinking, Jesse's hiding spot. He's hiding behind that chair, right? You walk into that room and just turn to the left. He's 100% visible. There's no hiding. You want to hide somewhere? How about you hide on the other side of DJ's bed? Because they're going to have to go into the room and go around to the side to be able to find you. I mean, if he really wanted to make it impossible, he probably could go hide in, like, the closet or something in her room. But it's like, no, that, or, or even he could have tried to hide on the side of the chair where it's not completely visible. You have to go around the chair. I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Ooh, this was not the place to put that diorama because the boys, it's, like I said, it's made out of cardboard. They've, they're ripping up the sides. They're, the sun is now split in two, probably getting grapefruit juice all over that carpet. Along with, I'm not sure what the other planets were made out of whether they're made out of styrofoam and maybe painted or something like that but this is not good not to mention it's in a room this size that thing is just it's too big to just be there on the floor I mean what if I I'd say honestly Put it down in the studio, down in the basement for now. The kids aren't going to go down to the, the studio. So, simple solution. That's just me, though. I mean, if that were my project and I worked my butt off on it, and I didn't want my holy terror two-year-old cousins, kids rip stuff up. Especially at that age. They have no... It seems like, in a way, they have no concept of right and wrong until the parent tells them, like, you shouldn't be doing this. But even then, sometimes you gotta tell them more than once. Granted, this is me speaking as a person who that does not have children, but I did have a two-year-old cousin one time. I brought these little um, cassette tapes over of things that I just, like, recorded on my boombox. And she likes, you, you know, like, the old cassette tapes, how you just pull the tape out of the spools and everything and I mean you can like rewound rewind it all back up again and everything like that but I was so angry and of course it's I think gosh what was I 11 at the time and my aunt is like well then don't bring them over here then if you don't or yeah it was like when I was living there when I was like seven and my young cousin was like four we'd fight over my coloring book book that I brought over and my aunt would get so frustrated with me. It's like, 
leave your stuff at home when you come over here. That way, my kids aren't going to be fighting. It's like, ugh, it drove me nuts. Those kids got some serious strength, whichever one is tearing at the sides. They're like, almost like he's the Hulk. Just Granted, like I said, it's made out of cardboard, so it's probably pretty easy to tear. So Michelle's walking to her room. She turns into the doorway, and her mouth is just jaw-dropped. Her eyes are wide. She's like, <gasps> And she's in the doorway saying, Stop it! Stop it! Michelle, they're not gonna hear that. They're not gonna listen to that. What you do... You don't say stop it, stop it. You go in there, you pull him away, say stop, yank, and push him towards the door. Well, I would if I were Michelle. Because they're not listening. They don't, they've never, I don't think those kids are, have ever heard the word no. And you know by that point, it's like then you need to start saying no. And she's yelling for Danny like, Daddy, my planet's! And she finally runs over to them and she's like, oh no, why do you guys have to do this? I worked so hard on this. Oh, sweetie, if only they could understand what you're talking about. They don't know empathy. They don't know remorse. Where have you been, Jesse? Still counting? He's like, hey, 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 what's going on here? What's all the mayhem? I'm like, have a look, Jess, at what your kids did. While you're off counting in DJ's room, they decided to come in here and start ripping stuff up. <sighs> I, 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 I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You know, you, shutting the doors. That might help. That might be a step in the right direction. Unless they know how to open doors, they might know how to open doors. And Jesse, hands on his hips, looks down and asks, Alex, Nikki, what do you guys do? And I don't know which one's Alex and what one's Nikki, but uh, one of them just threw a blue painted styrofoam ball at his brother's head. And the other brother didn't react at all. Here comes Becky, Joey, and Danny. As Becky's like, what happened? What's going on? Well, Danny's like, what's going on, honey? <laughs> How long to take to climb the stairs? She's Michelle's like, Daddy! My planets! What, what was he doing that? He's probably still watching Vicky cook. Becky might have been resting upstairs in the apartment. I don't know, but my goodness. I don't know why Joey's there. This has nothing to do with him, but... And Michelle, of course, is angry. She's like, Daddy, Nikki and Alex wrecked my solar system. And she picks up the grapefruit and like, look, it's leaking sun juice. I'm like, uh, you're going to want to get some cleaner on that carpet or it's going to stain. It's going to stink like grapefruit juice. And Danny's like, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. You know, it's terrible that that happened, but it, I'm sure it was just an accident. We cut over to Becky and Jesse and they're holding the twins. Michelle... Of, or excuse me Becky it's like oh Michelle we are so sorry and Joey's right as he says Michelle Nikki and Alex probably don't realize they did anything wrong and no I don't think they do and she tells them 
but I told them to stop. Why didn't they listen? Maybe, sweetie, nobody has told the boys no before. So if you say, no, stop, don't do that, they're just going to keep on doing it. They're going to ignore you. Not to mention, you're not a parent, a parental figure or an authority figure, so, and you're not much older than they are, so I don't think they're going to take you seriously or listen to you either. I mean, how many times have babysitters that are probably six to ten years older than the kids heard the phrase, you can't tell me what to do, you're not my mom or my dad. They have probably heard that ad nauseum. I think that sometimes kids have difficulty being disciplined by someone who is not a parent. I think even the same for teachers and stuff like that, too, when they gotta, you know, discipline the kid. Like, okay, you didn't do your homework and you didn't turn it in on time, so unfortunately you're not going to be able to go to the planetarium with us. Or you're going to have to miss out on the assembly and we're going to see people do yo-yo tricks or whatever. And Danny puts an arm around Michelle so that way she's facing him. He says, well, Michelle, children have to be taught to listen. Michelle asks, who's supposed to teach them? Well, Michelle, that's a simple question. Who teaches you to listen? Who disciplines you? Well, aside from Danny. And when Michelle asks who's supposed to teach them, Jesse and Becky look at each other like, oh my goodness. We've let this go too far. And Danny said, well, in many cases, it's the people, you know, that are responsible for their growth and well-being. Michelle asks, who's that? Child. Six-year-old Michelle. Who do you think is responsible for their well-being and upbringing? Turn your head around. Who's holding them? Oh, look, it's your uncle and aunt, who are also the mom and dad of your cousins. I know that you are a pretty bright girl. Come on now. And Danny's like, well, uh, in most cultures, that would mainly be uh, the parents. And Michelle looks over her shoulder at Jesse and Becky, just like rolling her eyes like, way to go. I mean, Nikki and Alex are two at this point. If you haven't started disciplining and, like, telling them no and not to do stuff, once they get to be about this age, I think it's going to be... It's going to be a struggle for them to hear the word no and being told they can't do stuff. <laughs> it's probably going to take a bit before they can comprehend, like, that you're serious. If you're saying, oh, no, don't do that, and then you're, like, letting them continue... They're not going to take you seriously. Stop it! Stop it! Daddy! My planet! Oh no! Why'd you guys have to do this? I worked so hard on this. Hey, 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 what's going on? What's all the mayhem? Alex, Nikki, what did you guys do? What's going on, honey? Daddy, Nikki and Alex break my solar system. 
Look, it's leaking sun juice. Oh, sweetheart, that's terrible. But I'm sure it was just an accident. Michelle, we are so sorry. Michelle, Nikki and Alex probably don't even realize they did anything wrong. But I told them to stop. Why didn't they listen? Well, Michelle, children have to be taught to listen. Who's supposed to teach them? Well, uh, in, in many cases, uh, it's, it's the people. The people who are responsible for their, you know, their growth and well-being. Who's that? Well, in, in most cultures, that would, that would usually be uh, the parents. Way to go. So, Jesse says, you know, Michelle, now I'm sure Nikki and Alex feel very bad. I see a boom mic, a very thin one, up in the top close to the right corner in this scene right after Jesse says I'm sure Nikki and Alex feel very bad. It's there. If you got Hulu or you got your DVDs, if you want to check this out pull out this the, the disc or get on the episode and see this. I don't think I've ever I'm not surprised if there are more boom mic shots but this is the first one I think I remember seeing. Jesse has Nikki and Alex tell Michelle they're sorry. Only one of them says, I'm sorry, Michelle. And Michelle just looks at them. Are you really sorry? And they're both like, no, no. Like, of course they're not. They're two. Do they show remorse? Do they have empathy? These kids don't. Because they weren't taught. So Joey jumps in here and says, all right, I'll take the boys before they incriminate themselves any further. Joey, of course, puts on a New York cop accent as he's like, all right, you two, get in the squad car. You have the right to one phone call and one clean diaper. That's not my New York accent, I promise. I don't have one. (laughs) Becky jumps in and says, Michelle, look, we feel terrible and I promise we'll make this up to you. And Jesse's like, yeah, you know, I mean... I'll help you rebuild this. And he says, you know, I remodeled the whole attic. Certainly I can rebuild the solar system. And he's like, oh, there's no plumbing over there in space, is there? And Danny kind of, you know, smiles at this. But Michelle is just like her head, you know, looking at them over her shoulder like, uh-huh. And Jesse's like, oh, okay, you're not laughing. <laughs> I appreciate what Danny does here with Michelle. He says, Michelle, when a person is honestly sorry, a big person will forgive them. And Michelle, of course, like, but I'm a little person. And he says, yeah, well, I'm talking about inside. And she says, inside I'm even littler. So Danny explains, he says, sweetheart, by being big, I mean a person who's generous and forgiving. Forgiving, isn't that the kind of person you want to be? Yeah, he says, isn't that the person you want to grow up to be? The kind of person you want to grow up to be. And she turns and smiles. Says, okay, I forgive you. She hugs both Jesse and Becky. And they're like, oh, thanks, Michelle. Thank you. So Danny is proud. Like, that's my big girl. So run downstairs and put the sun in the juicer. Okay? So, because he clearly wants to have a conversation with Jesse and Becky about the twins. Like, this, we need to talk. This, you need to start putting your foot down, clearly. This... 
type of behavior cannot continue because if you just let it continue, the older they get, it is going to get a lot worse. They're going to be doing a lot more damage and it's going to be even harder to rein them in. Michelle, now I'm sure Nikki and Alex feel very bad. All right, boys, now you tell, you tell your cousin that you're sorry. Are you really sorry? No, no. no. All right, I'll take the boys before they incriminate themselves any further. All right, you two, come on, let's go. Get in a squad car. You have the right to one phone call and one clean diaper. Let's go over here. Michelle, we feel terrible. I promise you, we'll, we'll make this up to you. Yeah, we're sorry, honey. You know what? I'll, I'll help you rebuild this, okay? I, I remodeled the whole attic. Certainly, I can rebuild the solar system. Uh, there's, uh, there's no plumbing over there in uh, space, is there? <laughs> okay, you're not laughing. Michelle, when a person is honestly sorry, a big person will forgive them. But I'm a little person. Yeah, well, I'm talking about inside. Inside, I'm even littler. Sweetheart, by big, I mean a person who's generous and forgiving. Isn't that the kind of person you want to grow up to be? Okay. I forgive you. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. Oh, that's my big girl. Come here, now do me a favor, would you? Run downstairs and put the sun in the juicer, okay? I'll be down in just a minute to join you. So when Michelle leaves... Because Danny's sitting on the end of Michelle's bed and Jesse and Becky are sitting on the end of Stephanie's. He's like, look, guys, I know how you feel about getting unsolicited advice. And Jesse's like, yeah, but that's not going to stop you from offering some, right? <laughs> and Danny's like, no, but this is important. I mean, I love Nikki and Alex, but they are way out of control. And there's no way, there are so many examples just in this episode alone of how out of control Nikki and Alex are. So it's not like Jesse and Becky can say, well, that's not right. They're not out of control. So Jesse's like, well, no, they're not out of control. Uh, let's, what's another word for that? Like, uh, feisty, Becky says, and uh, rambunctious. No, they are undisciplined toddlers. That's not feisty and that's not rambunctious. And Jesse's like, they're there's no way my kids are out of control. And we just hear a toilet flush as Jesse's like, Nikki, Alex, my watch. What was he doing in the bathroom with them? I thought he was taking them up to the apartment. And Becky says, Jess, they're out of control. But Jesse finally agrees, like, okay, well, maybe they're a wee out of control, but they're not way out of control. And Danny says, you know, Look, all I'm saying is kids need limits. And Jesse and Becky are like, oh, well, we set limits. Really? What limits do you set? And Jesse and Becky stand up and he's like, yeah, I mean, look, the other day when they got into your makeup, what did we do? And Becky's like, well, we, uh, we took pictures. And Jesse said, oh, that's right, because they had lipstick, like, all over their faces. <laughs> uh, I love, I love this. And uh, they're saying they, saying they took a picture, and Jesse's like, oh, yeah, we made doubles. And and Becky's like, yeah, for you, for you Danny. <laughs> like, because <laughs> we wanted, to... but after that, we got firm, and we set them down, and, well, I mean, 
we cleaned off their faces because they're still, you know, filled with lipstick and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's not really helping your case here. I mean, how many parents probably have pictures of their kids getting into their makeup bag or into their purse or getting uh, into the cupboard with the pots and pans? Those are classic pictures. How many have pictures of their kids, like, going over to the dog food bowl or the cat food bowl and, like, sticking their face in it or the water bowl? I'm a dog or I'm a cat or something. I don't know. Yeah, while they're going on, like, yeah, we gave them a firm scrubbing because they had lipstick, like, all over their lips and everything. And Danny's just looking at them like, yeah, um, you're not giving me any examples of actually uh, putting your foot down and actually disciplining them. Becky says, you know, honey, I'm afraid that Danny is right. She says, well, we can't wait till the boys are knocking off liquor stores. No, just wait till they drop out of college and then they decide to get a fish taco truck when they're like in their early 20s. (sighs) Good grief. And she says, we got to tighten things up around here. And Jesse's like, I got it. I hear you guys. And it's like, yeah, you sure? And she says, you know, Jesse, you're always Mr. Softy when it comes to the boys. She says how we both have to make a commitment. And Jesse's like, I'm making a commitment. And he just, well, she, he pushes up the sleeves of his shirt. And she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, first of all, I'm going to go get Joey's watch out of the toilet. Oh, Gross. Yeah, he's like, you guys are right. I'm going to start laying down the law. No more Mr. Softy as he's unbuttoning his sleeve cuff and then rolling up his sleeve. He's like, I'm going to start laying the law down right now. So that's the thing. It's like, it's not like he can go and say, Nikki and Alex, you're both going to get, you know, punished for destroying Michelle's diorama. They're too. They're not going to know, like, after the fact that you're disciplined. It's kind of like... With the dog, like, you come home and they've done something, like, tipped over a plant or whatever. You can't discipline them for that because it's already happened and it's past. You discipline them, they're not going to understand why. That's why the thing is you got to catch them in the act and discipline them then. You know, kids. The thing is, they should have started disciplining as soon as and laying down ground rules and letting the kids know what is acceptable behavior and what is not acceptable behavior, even though they're two, with repetition, they will start to understand, oh, that's right, I shouldn't be, well, I don't know, and again, when toddlers, it seems like repetition is something that eventually is, they will start to comprehend. I would like to hope, anyway. Guys, I I know how you feel about getting unsolicited advice. That's not going to stop you from offering some, right? No, no, because this is important. I mean, I love Nikki and Alex, but they're way out of control. Oh, come on. They're not out of control. They're, they're, all right, I, I admit, they're a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Feisty. Feisty is a good one. They're a little feisty, and I'll even give you... Uh, Rambunctious. Rambunctious, right, but there's no way that my kids are out of control. I mean, Nikki, Alex, my watch. <laughs> Just they're out of control. Well, uh, all right, maybe they're a wee out of control. They're not. They're not way out. All I'm saying is, kids need limits. Well, we said limits. I mean, uh, the other day when they got in your makeup, what did we do? 
Uh, actually, we took a picture. Oh, yeah, so cute. You should see <laughs> They had all that, that lipstick all over their face. We made it doubles. I got horrible for you. But after that, we, we, we got firm, and we set them down, and we gave them a good firm scrubbing, because they had lipstick all over their lips, and then I got another picture. And... Uh, honey, I'm afraid Danny's right. I mean, we can't wait until the boys are knocking off liquor stores. I mean, we've got to tighten things up around here. All right, yeah, right, right, tight. I got it. I hear you guys. Are you sure? Because you're always Mr. Softy when it comes to the boys, and, and we both have to make a commitment here. No, I'm not making a commitment. You guys are right. No more Mr. Softy, okay? In fact, I'm going to start laying down the law right about now. What are you going to do? Well, first off, I'm going to go fish Joey's watch out of the toilet. So Danny gets the kids all into the living room to kind of give them a heads up about what they're possibly going to experience at dinner. And Stephanie's like, yeah, what's the big secret, Dad? And of course, I love Kimmy. She's like, if you come this down here to tell us that the sweater's out of style, we've known that for three years. Yeah, the green, olive green sweater he wore. I remember the, um... The episode. It was Matchmaker Michelle, right? When Jesse wanted to kind of change up his image. And he was wearing that uh, black leather jacket. He was going by the name Vulture. And Danny and Joey showed up to the Smash Club to check oh, um, Jesse's band performing. And... <laughs> he was wearing the olive green sweater. Like, yeah, it really, it does not go good with Danny's look now, especially with the white button-up shirt. And Danny says it has nothing to do with the sweater as he takes it off. <laughs> like, apparently Kimmy's opinion of what he wears matters to him. So he tells him Vicky has been working really hard on this dinner tonight. We all know that. So if you happen to see anything that is different, maybe a little unusual, choke it down. Before he says choke it down, he says taste it, experience it. And if you still don't like it, choke it down. And <laughs> DJ's like, boy, Dad, you really got our mouths watering. And Steve says, yeah, this could be really nasty. I hope there's enough. Oh, Kimmy's like, I hope there's enough. <laughs> yes, Kimmy, because we know you like weird and exotic different foods. Kimmy's outfit here. She's wearing green leggings, kind of like the character Elf in the movie would wear. And I'm trying to get a handle on what her shorts are that are over it. It looks like it's uh, like a... Uh, a picture of like a painting, like a scene, like on a promenade or like a like a skyline or something. Buildings, I can't tell. So DJ Steve and Kimmy leave. Stephanie brings up the fact about look, Dad, about that new and unusual food. I don't have a problem with the new, but the unusual mm, says I have some concerns about the unusual. Yeah, Danny, why did you have to say unusual? It's pesto spaghetti, or spaghetti with pesto sauce and goat cheese. It's basically pizza with goat cheese on top. That's really, what, the only thing that's on there that might be a little different or you've not had it before, so. And Michelle asks, does unusual mean gross? I'd be like, no, not necessarily. It's just something that you're not used to having. Or maybe you haven't had it before. 
but to say something unusual. So Danny tries another tactic, buying his kids off. He says, you know how you two have been asking for advances in your allowances? He's like, well, how does $2 sound? I love Stephanie's response. She says, not as good as five. <laughs> yes, Steph. <laughs> Take him to the cleaners. <laughs> Both Stephanie and Michelle put out their hand like, come on, daddy, pay up. If you want us to pretend to like this dinner, we want money. And Danny just pulls money out of his pocket and says, like, all right, five it is, but you're going to pay me back when you're 30. Danny walks away saying, oh, I can't believe I just did this. You bought your kids off to like uh, your soon-to-be wife's food? Eh. Just to basically spare her feelings? Or Vicky would rather they be honest if they don't like it. I mean, but don't say you don't like it have, if you haven't even tried it yet. Because that's not, you're not giving the food a chance and that's not fair to the person who cooked it and it's not fair to the food. Yes, I know food does not have feelings, but still. The food went to a lot of trouble to be on your plate for you to consume it. I think you owe it a chance to give it a try. I'm glad you're all here. What's the big secret, Dad? If you called us down here to tell us that sweater's out of style... We've known for three years. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this sweater. Really? Then why are you taking it off? You all know that Vicky has been working very hard on this dinner tonight. So if any of you happen to see anything that's, you know, new and unusual on your plates, taste it. Experience it. And then if you still don't like it, choke it down. Boy, Dad, you got our mouths watering. This could be really nasty. I hope there's enough. About that new and unusual food, I don't have a problem with the new, but I have some concerns about the unusual. Yeah, you shouldn't Does use unusual that word. mean gross? Okay. You know how you two have uh, been asking for advances in your allowances? Well, how does two dollars sound? Not as good as five. That's right. Okay. Five it is, but you're gonna pay me back when you're 30. Can't believe I just did this. So it looks like right now they got salad and well Michelle's got salad and what looks like um a roll. Vicky's like, alright, well I hope you like this. I went to a lot of trouble making it. Um she asks Steph if she wants a piece of pizza and she lays it down. And it looks like crumbly cheese on top, which Stephanie is a little unsure of because she's probably not seen it before. She asks what the crumbly white stuff is on top. And Vicky says, oh, well, that's goat cheese. And Stephanie whispers to him and she's like, well, part of the goat is a cheese. DJ takes a slice and asks, is it supposed to smell like that? Not that that's a bad smell or anything. Okay, DJ, you're 16 years old. You don't necessarily have to voice your opinion out loud about something. If it smells, then keep it to yourself. I guess Danny was right when he said his daughters were picky eaters. I expect this from Michelle because she's like six. I don't ex expect it from Stephanie and especially not from DJ. When DJ asks, is it supposed to smell like that, Danny, Joey, and Vicky all kind of look at her like, 
what do you mean by that? Well, even, and I'm sure D- Danny and Joey probably have never had goat cheese before. They don't look like they have. Or, and Vicky's kind of surprised and a little taken back just by the expression on her face. Like, oh, I cooked this nice meal and now I'm getting, uh... It's like DJ is a, uh... Is a 1993 Yelp review out loud. So, Vicky's like, oh, well, don't worry. I mean, the cheese is just a little ripe. And Michelle's like, oh, the spaghetti isn't. It's all green. Michelle just, someone's scooping pesto spaghetti onto her plate. She looks at it like, ugh. She's got this, I'm disgusted, I don't want to eat that look on her face. Spaghetti's not. It's all green. And Vicky's like, no, honey, that's pesto sauce. It's supposed to be green. Now, I've not had pesto, but I've been intrigued to want to try it. There's so many sauce. Like, when I think of spaghetti, I usually think of, like, some type of... We just use the stuff in the jar, the ragu world style stuff. And whenever I see, like, other types of either spaghetti sauce or, like, Alfredo... Pesto, so many variations on spaghetti sauce. I'm always like, I want to try this, but being that I'm not just cooking for myself, I'm cooking for my husband, I don't know how he'll take it. But sometimes, I mean, it is good to get your feet wet into trying different things. When Vicky was cooking, she did have, like, green peppers. She probably had some small, you know, uh, tomatoes and all that stuff that looks like, oh, they're making up a sauce to throw every, you know, all these vegetables and everything in, so. The only time I will eat mushrooms, because I'm not a big mushroom fan, the only kind and the only time I will is the mushrooms that come on a Pizza Hut pizza. That is the only time. Because they're nice and they're thin they're not big and bulky. Danny is like trying to remind Michelle, you know, green like that five dollar bill I gave you in the living room. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Girl, I gave you that five dollars. You better eat that pesto spaghetti. Yeah, Stephanie's the one that nudges Michelle. Like, yeah, looks great. And Stephanie's like, yeah, green or not Stephanie. Michelle says, green, my favorite color. And Becky's like, well, Nikki and Alex are sure enjoying it. Some of it's actually getting into their mouths. Of course, Jesse's laughing as Nikki or Alex is, like, trying to spoon that stuff into his mouth. And it's not, like, thin spaghetti strands. It's, like, wide noodle strands. I mean, it does look- I would try pesto sauce. So, I looked it up. What does pesto sauce taste like? Pesto sauce, or pesto sauce. Pesto tastes like garlic and either basil or parsley, but with a creamy texture. The creaminess comes from cheese, and a little bit of olive oil can add richness and earthy flavor. In good pesto, no ingredient should be too dominant or too muted. You should be able to taste each element individually. Oh, interesting. I see. What are similar foods that taste like pesto? Parsley, Sorrento, great substitutes for the classic, as are argula and kale. A little mix and match is always good, but that said, don't go crazy with all the strong flavors. Spicy arugula, bitter kale, and A-N-I-S-E flavored tarragon shouldn't be in the same pesto. Alright. Oh, ooh. Uh, 
I wanted to know what ghost goat cheese tastes like. It says ripened goat cheese has a stronger tang and may smell like ammonia. Oh, mm, I don't know. If something smells like ammonia, that's going to set. That's. Mm. But it says it is tangy, but not sour. An older cheese might taste nutty and it's delicious mixed in a salad with walnuts and sweet tomatoes. The type of goat cheese is also, this type of goat cheese is also delicious with tomato and basil soup. All right. Does goat cheeses have a strong or mild taste? Goat's cheese can be mild and strong. It depends on a lot of factors. If the billy goat has been near the ewe, then the cheese can be strong in taste. The method used to make the cheese is also something that can make a big difference to the taste. I have tasted some nice creamy goat's cheese akin to a brie, and I have tasted some that are so strong I could not eat them. So also ranging from hard to soft, tangy to nutty, and the cheese can be marinated or drizzled with honey to add new or different flavors. It says that, well, because what Vicky used was crumbled up goat cheese, and she says that it's kind of ripe, so maybe that means, like, it's really, really fresh. Hasn't had a while to, like, sit and marinate or whatever. But I'm sorry, but if that was giving off an odor like ammonia, I don't know if that is something that I would feel, uh, that wouldn't be electrifying my taste buds. That would be, if something's, like, assaulting your nasal cavity, like, well, like, the strong, like, displeasing smell, I I think definitely it's, like, especially if it's something that starts to turn your stomach, you're not going to want to eat it. So, while Jesse's laughing at the twins playing with the bowls, they have the pesto spaghetti in there. Alex is putting his bowl of pesto spaghetti on top of his head and kind of, And Becky tells Alex, Alex, put down that bowl. She does actually take it out of his hand. You don't just tell them you use action with words as well. And Nikki, who's sitting next to to Jesse, is like looking. This this kid's face is just covered in pesto sauce. (laughs) Along with the front of his clothes. His shirt. And he's just kind of watching like, oh, what's my brother doing? And Danny and Joey have this look of like, oh, here we go again. Dinner's going to be ruined because Becky and Jesse can't control their kids. And Jesse sees this. He's like, all right, I'll take care of this. Time to lay down the law. Why does he still have it? I thought Becky took it out of his hands. I'd be like, okay, that's it. You're done. You're not having anymore because all you're doing is playing with your food. So, my guess is Becky waffled and like, oh, here you go, Alex. Even though she took it away from him a second ago. And Jesse, thinking he's using a firm voice, saying, son, put down that bowl. Even pointing at him. They're not going to listen to you because you don't have an authoritative voice. Not to mention, they've never had you tell them not to do something, it seems like. That's what they say when you, even, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm, you know, comparing them to disciplining a puppy, you need to be authoritative in how you speak. You can't just say, son, put down that bowl. You say, son, put down that bowl. Or you forcibly remove it from them and say, okay, you're done, dinner's over because all you're doing is playing with your food. Simple as that. Sure, they're going to probably cry and get upset, but... At least that way they know you're serious. You're not just putting, you know, saying words to them, but you're including the action in it as well. 
And of course, here goes Nikki putting the bowl on his head. Or his bowl on his head. Jesse's, oh, you guys are ganging up on me now. I'm not kidding this time. Both you guys put the bowls down. And of course, right, they, they tip them right behind their head and they go on the floor, probably splattered all over the place. That sounded like an empty bowl that Alex just tossed behind his head. Because he was like, oh, huh. He's looking behind himself. And Joy's like, well, they put him down. And Danny's probably thinking, oh, my floor. Now I gotta, like, clean it and scrub it and polish it and just get that goop out of the grains of wood. Uh. And Danny's like, you know, I may be going out on a limb here, Jess, but I think they're testing you. You know, the next step is is just getting up from the table and taking the twins upstairs. That could be the next step. But it takes them so long to eventually get to that. Peggy's like, Danny's right here. We gotta be tough. Don't waffle. And Jesse finally gets out of his seat. He's still pointing the finger like, alright, now your boys are in trouble. You know what happens next? Uh, Beck, what happens next? And Becky says, I think the boys should get a timeout. And he tells the boys they're going to go upstairs and sit there until it's time to come out, until the timeout has ended. And Becky also says, and Jess, no dessert. And Jesse's like, what? I was good. She's like, not you, the boys. He says, I was tough. I didn't waffle. But Jesse takes the boys upstairs. And if, if I were like, Ugh. <sighs> I'd be like, finally, we can actually eat our meal. Because think about it, this is every meal they sit down to eat, they're having to deal with this. Unless it's like, hey, why don't you feed Nikki and Alex separate from us so that way we can actually enjoy our meal? Like, why should we be inconvenienced? But, no, get the kids out of Jesse. And the thing is, you're both their kid. you're both their parents, right? Why aren't you both disciplining them so it's not just all put on to one person because if one person's going to be the disciplinarian and they will see that in jesse then they're like well mom's not disciplining us so we can still get our own way around her and becky apologizes like i'm sorry everyone and joey's like come on Becky. i mean seriously this stuff happens all the time what do you say who hasn't sped or bean dip all over their headboard and they're looking at him like what are you talking about who's eating bean dip in bed even stephanie michelle are like we don't get it and jesse says or not jesse oh my goodness my head i don't know where it is <laughs> danny says all right everybody let's get back to this fabulous fabulous meal that vicky made and dj is like yeah everything's really good and steve adds yeah it's fantastic i'm like well you're a teenage guy you'll eat anything yeah, everyone's really praising the food. And Michelle was like, yeah. As Vicky asked, do you like it, Michelle? And Michelle's like, says, I love it. And Vicky notices she hasn't touched anything. Michelle hasn't touched anything on her plate. It's like, well, wouldn't you like to try it first? Well, wouldn't you like to taste it first? And Michelle's like, oh, right. <laughs> she takes a strand of pesto spaghetti with her napkin and wipes off the green pesto sauce off of it. And even Stephanie, who's sitting right next to Michelle with an eyebrow raised, like, what? What? What are you? And Joey's like, Michelle, you're missing the best part. And <laughs> Michelle hands over her napkin, like, here you go. 
Oh, Michelle. Watching her drag that napkin down that piece of flat noodle, slowly getting every piece of little bit of pesto sauce off of there and popping it in her mouth. And, of course, she uses her finger to just put it in her mouth. Like, does no one taught this child table manners? Seriously? And she looks back at Vicky and says, That is good! Joey says, Michelle, you're missing the best part. And Michelle hands him the napkin, like, Here you go! <laughs> Vicky tells him, Oh, everyone eat up. There's plenty more where this came from. And Michelle, Stephanie, where did it come from? Okay, everyone, I hope you like it. Uh, Steph, can I give you a piece of pizza? Uh, sure. Um, what's that crumbly white stuff? Oh, that's goat cheese. What part of the goat is the cheese? Probably the milk that it puts out, right? Is it supposed to smell like that? <laughs> Not that that's a bad smell. Oh, don't worry, the cheese is just a little ripe. The spaghetti's not. It's still green. <laughs> no, honey, that's pesto sauce. It's supposed to be green. Yeah, yeah, you know green? Like a $5 bill? <laughs> Looks great. Green's my favorite color. Good. Well, Nikki and Alex are certainly enjoying it. Some of it's actually getting into their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have a problem with the pesto. Alex, they're younger put than the down that bowl. I'll take care of this. Time to lay down the law. Son, put down the bowl. All right, you guys are ganging up on me now. Now, I'm, I'm not kidding this time. Both you guys, put down the bowls. Maybe going out on a limb here, Jess, but I think they're testing you. Danny's right. You gotta be tough. Don't waffle. That's right. Okay. All right, listen, guys. Now you guys are in trouble. Okay? You know what happens next? Now, Beck, what happens next? Uh, I think the boys should get a timeout. Timeout. That's right. Timeout for the both of you. That's good. Okay? You guys are gonna go upstairs and you're gonna sit there until it's time to come out. Uh, hence the term timeout. And Jess, no dessert. Why? Well, that was tough. I didn't waffle. You the boys. Oh, that's right. Come on, guys. Let's go. Come on. Upstairs. Sorry, everyone. Hey, come on, Beck. This stuff happens all the time. I mean, who amongst us hasn't splattered bean dip all over their headboard, huh? <laughs> what? Yeah, pass me the bread, please. Okay, everybody, let's get back to this fabulous meal that Vicky made for us. Hey, everything's really good. Yeah, fantastic. I'm so hungry right now. Do you like it, Michelle? I love it. Wouldn't you like to taste it first? Yeah, really. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, Michelle. Stephanie's <laughs> 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 like, what? Even Danny and Joey, like, what? How are you doing, girly? That is good. It's still has biscuit on it. Michelle, you're missing the best part. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, everyone eat up. There's plenty more where this came from. Where did it come from? Wait a minute. Now she's eating it with the pesto. So it looks like Jesse's cleaned off the boys' faces. 
and he's up in the nursery with the door closed and he tells him look boys I'm not trying to be mean but you know you kind of back me into a corner in front of everybody with that pasta incident the way that he's speaking to them is if they were like maybe six to eight years old instead of two but I understand he is trying to make them understand it's like I'm not trying to be mean to you but you do have to learn that when you do something bad that I don't agree with, and if I tell you to stop and you don't do it, I am going to have to punish you. I especially like when we get to the episode Crimes and uh, Michelle's Demeanor. Uh, when Danny is telling Michelle that he, Uncle Jesse and Joey know what's best for her. And when they tell her to do something, she should do it. Simple as that. Like, if you do something that we don't like, we're going to tell you. And if, you know, you don't straighten up, you're going to be punished. It's like, parents can give you a warning. They can say, I'll give you one warning. You do this again and you're going to face consequences. But I'm just curious. Like I said, you know, I'm not a parent. I babysat my nephews and nieces when they were probably right around this age. Maybe a smidge older. And usually when I told them, can you not do that or don't do that, they normally would listen. If they were like fighting over the video game, I'd yell at them to stop. But then again, I was a teenager. I wasn't an adult. I think that there's got to be a way, especially when the child is two, you're not going to go through this big explanation about why you're punishing them. Like Jesse kind of is. There's got to be a way that you can get through to a child without being forceful, without being loud, without screaming angrily at them. That there's a way that they can understand their behavior is not acceptable and that they are going to be punished. Like you put, you know, two and two together. You do this, there's going to be a consequence. And he asks them, like, oh, you don't want your old man looking like a weenie, do you? And they're like, weenie, weenie. And Jesse's like, no, 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 this is no joke. And Nikki or Alice, can't tell which one is which, is picking up the chair by the seat of it and lifting it up. And Jesse's like, no, no, sit down, son. And he explains to them, it's like, look, we're on the same team here. Let's just do this timeout thing and we'll just get it over with. And they start a meeting going, (laughs) you know, I hate the term blowing raspberries. Why do you got to call it that? I want to know where that term originated from. Because it just... Anyway, they start spitting at him. And... (laughs) Jesse, at this point, is reaching... He's reaching his uh, breaking point. He's like, all right, you pushed me too far. Here I am trying to be a nice guy. And he says, Nikki, Alex, you keep those butts in those chairs. He says, you keep those little butts in those chairs. And you do not move a muscle until I say it's okay. Understand? So, of course, the boys get frustrated. They've never seen Jesse raise his voice to them. Not that he actually does, but talking forceful-like. And they're like, mean dad, mean daddy. And they kind of gang up on him here. And Jesse's like, mean daddy. Like, they're babies. You talk to them like that, you don't think they're going to get angry back and say something to you? They're frustrated. Which Becky's going to point that out later. And I know, I'm sure like any person 
who's been a parent, you probably, some of the dreaded words you probably never want to hear as a parent is having your kids say, I hate you. No matter at any age. I don't know any kid that's going to say, okay, I accept your punishment. Thank you, mom and dad. And just deal with it. Maybe some kids, you know, as they're older, do that. But when they're this young, they're going to react right back. Okay, there you go. Now, guys, I'm not doing this to be mean. It's just that uh, you, know, you kind of backed me in a corner down there in front of everybody with that pasta incident. I mean, uh, you don't want your old man looking like a weenie, do you? No joke. Now sit down, son. Please put the chair down. Now sit down. This isn't a joke. Look, we're all on the same team here. Let's just do this timeout thing and we'll get it over with, okay? No. You know what? Now you push me too far. Here I am trying to be a nice guy. Nikki, Alex, you keep those little butts in those chairs and you do not move a muscle until I say it's okay. Do you understand me? Me, Daddy. Me, Daddy. Me, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. So yeah, of course, Jesse is going to want to, like, renege and pull back on the punishment. Like, oh, my kid's calling me a bad name. Now they hate me. Maybe I shouldn't punish them. Jesse, they'll get over it. And the more they do wrong, the more you punish them, the more they're going to eventually learn, I shouldn't be doing this. Should I do this? What's going to be the consequence? As they get older, I mean, they're probably going to be thinking that. And I'm kind of thinking, I mean, if it were Becky in the situation, how would she have handled it? Would she have kind of waffled like Jesse did? Or would she have stood her ground? I mean, Jesse and Becky both, they're right around the age that even even me in the, in the 80s. And I've, I've said it before in, you know, other podcast episodes when it comes to how parents, you know, punish their kids. How I was punished as a kid. You know, the spanking and the, the the belt and everything. Sure, the traumatic memories that it hurts to think about, but I'm just happy that hopefully we've kind of come away from some of that and there are other more reasonable ways to punish a child without having to be physical about it. Now we zip back downstairs and Joey's asking Steph, like, hey, Steph, so what do you think of goat cheese now? She says, good food, bad name. Steve, of course, is like, you know what? I learned something today. If it comes out of a goat, I'm eating it. And DJ's kind of clearing up for Steve. Like, I think what he means is this is one of the greatest meals we've ever had. And they're all saying how great the meal is and everything. And Danny's like, guys, can you, like, turn it down a notch here? Thank you. We don't need... Your enthusiasm for the meal is great, but we don't need to go, like, cuckoo crazy here with the enthusiasm. When a person's being overly enthusiastic, like, they're trying to make up, like, I don't like this, but if I act, like, really excited about it, it's like, eh, tone it down a smidge. And Danny's like, girls, girls, you can take it down to about a four, okay? Oh, <laughs> Michelle drops a bomb. She's like, no, Dad, it really is great. I'd eat it even if you didn't pay us. Like, <laughs> of course, Kimmy and Steve are like, what? They got paid? What a chip. <laughs> of course, Vicky's with her in the earshot. She's like, Danny. It's like, mm. She asks, did you uh, pay the girls off to say they like my cooking? 
<laughs> Did you pay these children to pretend they like my cooking? Well, he paid two of them. He didn't pay all of them. He's like, well, not all of them. And Kimmy's like, yeah, what a ripoff. So she asked Danny, like, why did you do that? And he stands up and he's like, look, Vicky, I know how finicky the girl's going to be about their food. And I just, I didn't want them to hurt your feelings. When you're cooking for kids, especially, I mean, maybe if they're not yours you, and you're not aware of what they like to eat and what their favorite food is or their palate or whatever, you run the risk of them maybe not enjoying what you're cooking, especially if they've not had it before. It's like, don't don't feel insulted just because they don't like it. Maybe it's just not a but their, their cup of tea. Which, honestly, going back on it, I think that maybe it's better to be honest and just say, it's not something I would have all the time, but I appreciate the fact that you made it for us. Where that way, you're admitting, you're not flat out lying saying, I love it, when you clearly don't, because that's not being helpful at all. Just be honest. Just say, it might not be my favorite thing, but I'm happy that you made it. That way they feel, you know, person feels appreciated. And Danny apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. I should have had more faith in you and your goat cheese. And she says, yes, you should have. But because you did it out of caring, I'm going to forgive you. He kisses. They kiss. And she says, right after you do the dishes. Danny, we didn't need to hear you, you moaning about the idea of doing the dishes in a pleasurable way. Of course, Kim's like, uh, can... You not make out in front of us. We're still trying to hold our dinner down. Oh, dessert. You can't get much more simple and basic as vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. She has chocolate syrup in a mixing bowl. So she must have made that homemade too, which that's cool. You know that they're all sighing really like, ooh, here we thought this uh, dessert was going to be something uh, weird. <laughs> like, uh, our, you know, they had to get through the entree to get to, through the uh, the delightful, what's the dessert going to be? Oh, God, could this be any worse than the pesto and the goat cheese? No, just vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup. So, Steph, what do you think of goat cheese now? Good food. Bad name. You know, I learned something today. If it comes out of a goat, I'm eating it. Well, what I hope Steve means is, this is one of the greatest meals we've ever had. That's yeah, the truth. Good. That's it's really good. Really good. Yeah. 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 Girls, girls, you can, you can take it down to about a four, okay? No, Dad, it really is great. I'd eat it even if you didn't pay us. Danny? Mm-hmm. Did you pay these children to pretend they like my cooking? Well, not all of them. Yeah, what a ripoff. <laughs> Why would you do that? Look, Vicky, I, I know how finicky the girls can be, and I don't want them to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. Should have had more faith in you and your goat cheese. <laughs> yes, you should have. But because you did it out of caring, I'm going to forgive you. Thing. Right after you do the dishes. <laughs> Excuse me, some of us are trying to keep our dinner down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, time for dessert. Vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. All right, Ooh, cool. All right. Sounds good. I love mint chocolate. Oh, mint ice cream? But I love How did it go? Oh, fine. Good. There were no tears. And uh, the boys took it pretty well, too. Well, maybe this will make you feel better. Um, there's an extra two. They were for Nikki and Alex. Aww. Aww. Well, a guy tries to set a couple limits and... Honey, you did the right thing. Well, tell him to stop on at me. <laughs> I wish they were so fat guys from Brooklyn. Would that be good? Me daddy, me daddy, me daddy, me daddy, me daddy, me So Becky, of course, asked Jesse how it went with the boys, you know, punishing them, disciplining them, putting them in timeout. And he's like, yeah, it went all right. There are a few tears and the boys took it pretty well, too. So Vicky brings out bowls of vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. And what I love about subtitles is sometimes, like, during these scenes, you'll get dialogue that... Whether it's improvised or, or not, I don't know. But you're a DJ talking about how she loves mint chocolate chip, which I definitely love mint chocolate chip. It's really, really good. Um, I still have, I never buy a half gallon of ice cream ever. But it since it's, you know, the season, I think I got it right before Thanksgiving, maybe even like around Halloween. <laughs> you're probably thinking, what, you've kept it in your freezer that long? Yeah. Because uh, it's pretty big and it's bl Blue Bell, blue, I think it's Blue Bell, like Christmas cookie, seasonal type ice cream that's got like sugar cookie, snickerdoodle cookie mixed with other, you know, cookie doughish type ice cream, vanilla, whatever. I don't know. Something to that effect. <laughs> okay, I did find it. Okay, here it is. Bluebell ice cream, Christmas cookies, sugar cookie flavored ice cream with chocolate chip, snickerdoodle and sugar cookies, red sprinkles and green icing swirl, natural and artificial flavor added. So it's about a half gallon. It's pretty big. Um, being we don't have a house with a freezer in the basement, I kind of got to watch what we put in our actual freezer in the apartment and everything because it can't be taking up a lot of space but I think I'll eventually get it finished by sometime in late January. I'm not I don't want to eat it all the time. It's good but I remember some nights when I get home when we uh, lived at the house and I would be constantly making bowls of ice cream at like going on midnight, because it's like, I'm hungry, you know, I've been working, I take a shower, and you get ready for bed, and like, I'm hungry, I want something. Jeremy would be, like, over, looking over my shoulder, going, like, are you sure you should be having that much ice cream? Have you been counting the calories and everything? And it's just like, yeah, it's just ice cream. Of course, I can't always just have just ice cream. I gotta, like, put on the non pearl sprinkles, and the sauce, and the this and the that. So, of course, Vicky hands out the bowls to everyone. The remaining two, of course, were for Nikki and Alex. And everyone's like, aww. And 
and Jesse like, what? A guy tries to set a couple limits? And Becky says, honey, you did the right thing. And he's like, well, tell him to stop on at me. So he takes the bowls over the counter and sits down. And then we see Nikki and Alex in each their face in each of the bowls going, Mean Daddy! Mean Daddy! You know he is feeling guilty. Like, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if he could give them ice cream. It's like, so then basically what you're telling them is, it, you're in timeout, but I'm going to reward you even though you did something I didn't like. You don't. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the um, Itchy and Scratchy, the movie Simpsons episode where Bart keeps doing stuff, you know, bad things, and Marge is like, you need to punish your son. And Homer uh, right away is just like bringing a pizza up to his kid, and Marge is like, get back here with that. You need to not be rewarding him. Just. Punish him and make it stick. Of course, when he finally actually does punish Bart, says he can't watch the itchy and scratchy move, can't see it in the theater ever at all. Of course, eventually, once it's like 30, 40 years down the road, he and Homer, Bart and Homer go and see the movie in the theater. But anyway, it's just like, no, you you put your foot down if, if you... Cave in now, you're just gonna keep caving in, and your child is not going to learn. Like, oh, it's okay, they punish me, and then they'll come in and apologize, and I'll get something for it. So, I I like this little, before Jesse gets to the kitchen island, I like that uh, DJ is like saying, oh, I like dessert so much. And you you kind of hear um, Kimmy and Steve adding something, and it's just, it almost makes me wonder, like, are those the lines, like, that were written for them to say during a conversation, or they just kind of ablitting as the characters like, oh, I like. No one else is like, oh yeah, dessert, it's great, right? Ice cream and chocolate sauce, no sprinkles, of course. No cu- crunched up Oreo pieces either. So, no chopped nuts. And again, I don't know. Maybe someone in that family has a nut allergy we're not aware of. I don't know. Gosh, now I'm thinking of. <laughs> Season one, our very first night when Jesse is supposed to be watching the girls and how he goes in there and they're pulling like ice cream out of the freezer. He's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in bed. And DJ says something to the effect of, oh, dad always makes sure we have like a nice midnight snack before we go so we don't go to bed hungry. Are you? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Steve mentions that he has peanuts. I'm thinking... Okay, so no one there's got a nut allergy. Now we have confirmation. So, yeah. Like, I have a little something. I mean, chocolate sauce is good and all, but what if you could really dress up your ice cream? You know how you go to those little ice cream buffet things that have, like, crunched up, like, butter finger topping or Reese's or, or crunched up Oreos or, ooh, ooh, gummy bears or gummy worms. Oh, that sounds, that would, I would be down for that. I, I um I like the little uh the little itty bitty cinnamon dip. you know the thing where you're going through the baking section of a store and they got all the like, little noun parallels the green and red sprinkles and whatnot and then you also have um what is there uh, something I picked up that was um different type of toppings like crushed butterfinger Reese's there are like little bags of it there's also like little itty bitty microscopic 
cookies that you can add to it, too. And I'm just like, wow, so many things you can dress up your ice cream with. Cereal toppings. That's right. That's another thing. That was um, at Elsa's Ice Cream when we lived in Michigan. Um, they had, like, cereal toppings, you know, Captain Crunch and Nuts Crunch Berries, Fruity Pebbles, um, Cocoa Pebbles, stuff like that. Like, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Oh yeah, earlier when I was saying how hungry I was due to the pesto, I actually brought that up to Jeremy. I'm like, hey, do you think you'd ever be interested in, like, some type of noodle with pesto on it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you try that sometimes. So, he's definitely open to trying new things. I think it's just I need to be open to trying new things as well. Yeah, what I made for dinner tonight was a bacon and mozzarella cheese stuffed burger. I actually made a fried egg to put on top of it. And I also took those french fried onions and kind of packed that into the burger itself and then just you know, laid the fried egg on top. It was actually pretty good. You know, we were gonna... I thought I had had... And I'll get back to the episode. I'm sorry. But, um... I swore... Because I bought two packets of turkey gravy when we had done Thanksgiving. And, you know, I only used the one. So, I'm thinking, hey, that'd be... We normally use, like, beef gravy to put on our fries sometimes. And I'm just like... I looked and looked and looked and looked. And I I told you... I I, I guess I threw that extra packet of turkey gravy away... Like, maybe thinking we wouldn't need it, or what are we going to put it on because it's turkey gravy. And I just thought, turkey gravy could be interesting to put on fries. Also, Jeremy did make Christmas cookies as well. I remember making big like, oh, I want to help this time. And, oh, I'm going to, you know, help use a rolling pan and, like, use a cookie. We could not find our cookie Christmas cookie cutters that we'd had for the last, like, couple years. Like, we thought we had packed it when we moved. We looked everywhere. But luckily, somebody from Jeremy's old work had given him, before he moved, some Texas-shaped Christmas, or Texas-shaped cookie cutters. One was the state of Texas, one was a star, one was a boot, and one was, like, a, a bull steer. So, those were our Christmas cookies this year. And then, of course, the one that was the shape of Texas was huge. But, of course, I... I as much as I said, I want to help this year. And I, I didn't do anything. I, didn't, I just thought, I'm going to supervise. I'll take pictures of you making, you know, the dough and rolling it out and put, make videos and put it on Facebook for our family to see. That was my contribution to the Christmas cookie making. I'll, I'll, I'll supervise and take pictures. It actually turned out really well. We didn't do it. Well, me. Why did I say me? Why did I have a part in it? But um, he... Didn't make, I guess the dough just came out sticky. So this year, he, well, he had read something about refrigerate the dough the night before. So, and they turned out really good. We're still eating them. So, Jesse comes up and he's about ready to go, boys. And he goes, puts his hand on the door. He's got both of the bowls of ice cream. And Becky's calling for him. So what does he do? I don't know where to put these bowls of ice cream. But I don't even know if that's ice cream in there. Because it's just... It's not dripping, and he puts it down, both bowls down his shirt, which his stomach and chest is going to be covered with chocolate sauce and ice cream. He puts them down his shirt, and of course his shirt is tucked in, so he's got his arm across where the bowls are, like, right up against his stomach. And he's trying to play it off, like, 
Hi, how you, how you doing? Everything's fine. Everything's good. Go back downstairs. Enjoy your ice cream. So Becky comes upstairs to check on Jesse. She's like, are you all right? I mean, you just seemed a little upset downstairs. Because basically, yeah, all he did was he came downstairs, told Becky how it went with just, you know, putting the boys in timeout. And took the ice cream, went over to the kitchen island, sat down, and then he went upstairs. And Jesse's like, me? I'm sad? No! <laughs> I'm fine! Mind you, that cold ice cream is resting right around his stomach area, so that's got to be getting pretty cold. And he's got two of them there. So, Becky says, you know, I understand how hard it must have been for you to punish the boys, and I just want to say thank you for being so strong. And she kisses him and hugs him and she's like, and so cold. And it turns out, yep, he's been hiding the two bowls of ice cream and she right away gets it. You were sneaking ice cream up to the boys, weren't you? And he's playing it off like, oh, how did these get my shirt? Who inspected this shirt? And he pulls out like a little uh, tag that he's like, oh, I, I'm going to go write a letter to the dry cleaners. Like, <sighs> So, yeah, she's calling him on it. She's like, you were sneaking ice cream up to the boys. I thought we agreed to be tough. And Jesse is like, well, they didn't call you mean daddy. And she's like, honey, they're just angry. And she says, it's perfectly natural. They're just words. They didn't say mean mommy, did they? Well, Becky, no, they didn't. Because you weren't up there with Jesse disciplining them. I, I, I don't know, honestly. This is what I'm gonna, I'm I'm asking. Does it take two parents to discipline a kid? Should you both be disciplining so the child doesn't hate one parent and go to the other? I mean, how does that who who delegate who delegates that? Is it should it be a co-disciplinary action or should it be just all thrown onto the one parent? Honestly, now that I think about it, that's the only time they discipline those kids. Well, they. Jesse disciplines those kids. I don't think they ever have a real strong word with the kids going forward. But then again, the kids aren't like ripping stuff apart in the house after this. This is mainly just focusing on this one specific time. And he's like, no, I distinctly heard mean daddy. And then he says, Becky, I never picture myself as the kind of father who would come down so hard on his kids and he, he even brings up the fact you know I I swear I never said I'd never do this and I did it I became just like my father and he's like I just pictured my father there you know just like my dad's just saying sit in that chair or don't you move a muscle and don't move until I say so and this and that and it's like and honestly you gotta kind of wonder how our parents discipline us do we take that into adulthood as we ourselves or as you yourselves become parents and are come to the point where your kid is acting out and you need to put your foot down and, you know, punish them? Is for even a moment, do you find yourself in your parents' position and, like, you get this flashback of your parent punishing you however they're doing 
Or do you say, no, I'm not going to be like my parent. This is how I am going to punish my child. Granted, you and your spouse will come most likely come together like, okay, this is what happened. I want to do this. I think this is a fair punishment. And how is, you know, your spouse going to say, well, you could do that. But I feel if we went this way, it would work out for both of us, us and the child. I, I don't know. And Jesse even is saying, you know, I never pictured myself as the kind of guy who would come down so hard on his kids. I always swore if I had kids, I'd be like their friend, you know, their pal. And Becky's listening, like, oh, yes, and their mother could handle the discipline. He's like, yeah, okay, would you? And she asks him, you know, why is this so hard for you? And he's like, this is where he brings up the fact of, I felt I became my father when I was punishing my kids. Just the same words, the same, you know, pointing of the finger and everything, and... Oh, and the way that he's going on about it, it's like he was, he acts like he was screaming at them. He wasn't. All he said, he pointed at them and said, Nicky Nell, you sit those little butts in those chairs and you don't move until I say. That was it. He didn't go on and on and on and scream. Or, Why don't you boys listen to me? Why am I going to repeat myself all the time? You know, that kind of thing. You, he wasn't doing that. But then again, this is the first time he's had to put his foot down. And it's probably going to be just as traumatic for him as if, well, his kids seem okay. God, I mean, it seems like Jesse's taking it harder than the kids are taking it. And Jesse's just, you know, talking about how his dad would punish him and say, don't move a muscle and sit in that chair and don't move until I tell you to. And he's like, I hate it when he did that. Why did that have to be that way? And I like what Becky does here. She says, maybe because they're human. And maybe because they're frustrated. I mean, maybe they just want what's best for their kids. And she tells me, you know, your dad didn't do such a bad job with you. She tells him, you turned out pretty good. Of course, Jesse's like, well, I, I was blessed in the hair area. Jesse brings up Leva to Beaver's like, boy, Ward Cleaver make, made it look so easy. Well, that is only the scenes that you see on television. You don't know what happens behind the scenes. And I love how Becky's like, well, June was no slouch either. And I, Becky nods like towards the nurse. like, should we spring him? And Jesse's like, please. Boy. upset downstairs. Upset? Me? No. Fine. I'm cold. Cool. Cool. Everything is uh, very cool. Well, look, I know it was really hard for you to punish the boys, and I just, I wanted to say thank you for being so strong and so cold. Yes. Yes. kind of cold. What? What are these... Those get in my shirt. Who inspected this shirt? Aha, number 19. I'm writing a letter. You were sneaking ice cream up to the boys. I thought we agreed to be tough. Well, they didn't call you mean daddy. Oh, honey, they're just angry. It's perfectly natural. They're just words. They didn't happen to mention mean mommy, did they? I distinctively heard mean daddy. Oh, Beck, I never pictured myself as the kind of father that would come down so hard on my kids. I mean, I always swore if I had kids, I'd be like their friend, you know, their pal. And, mm. and their mother could handle the discipline. Great, would you? <laughs> Honey, why is this so hard for you? Oh, Beck, it happened. I swore it would never happen, then it happened. 
What happened? Turn it to my father. Oh, Beck, you should have heard me yelling at the boys. It was the establishment. Everything came back. I sounded just like my dad. Just sit in those seats and don't move a muscle until I say it. I hated <clears throat> it when he did that. Well, why did dads have to be that way? Maybe because they're human. Maybe because they're frustrated. Maybe they just want what's best for their kids. And you know, your dad didn't do such a bad job. It turned out pretty good. I was blessed in the hair area. <laughs> My ward cleaver made it look so easy. Well, June was no slouch either. Should we spring him? Please. So Jesse and Becky go to the nursery and Nikki and Alex are on the floor with these little colored wooden pegs and the little mallets that they have to hit to make the pegs go all the way down and then you flip the thing over and you start pounding the pegs down on the other side. That honestly to me looks like that would be a good stress reliever to just you know get it out and just just boom 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 boom. And just like, oh, with each little tap of that mallet, you're just like releasing it, anger and just everything. What's the, there's another thing that's like a it's like a little mini rake thing with like sand and you're just like raking the sand and just, you know, I've never done any of those things before as an adult as, you know, ways to relieve, you know, stress and, stress and worry and whatnot. But it just seems like, oh my God, I just... I, I just want to go into that screen like, hey, let me borrow this. Tap, 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 tap. It just, it really does look like it would be. And maybe they're getting their, they're, they're too, maybe that's how they're getting their frustration. Like, I don't like my daddy. Mean daddy, mean daddy, mean daddy. <laughs> and Jesse's like, hey, Beck, they're probably picturing my head right now. <laughs> and he's like, see, Beck, they wish that was my head. And she's like, they do not. So, Becky, of course, says, all right, boys, first we're going to get you ready for your baths, and we're going to get you ready for bed. And, of course, the boys are like, big bed, big bed. So, since the Season 7 opener, it was a dark and stormy night where Jesse and Becky get the boys, you know, they're not in their cribs anymore. They're in little adorable race car beds, and they're like, yucky bed, and... We want to be in the big bed and everything. And so, of course, when they say big bed, big bed, and Jesse does put his foot down and say, no, you boys are going to sleep in your own beds tonight and the next night and every night after until you grow out of them. And he says, capiche? And then, capiche? And they hug him. And he looks up at Becky and says, see, Beck? They still love me. And she's like, yeah, I figured they would. Wally, Dave, time out's over. <laughs> See, Beck, they wish that was my head. <laughs> they do not. All right, boys. You know what? It's time for your baths. And then we are going to get you ready for bed. And tonight, you're going to sleep in your own beds. Be bad, go be bad, mama. No, be bad. No, not the big bed. Tonight you guys are going to sleep in your race car beds. Kabish? Kabish! 
seat back, they still love me. I had a feeling they might. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the episode. It was such a good one, too. Such a good lesson. But just staying strong and following through, like, when you when you discipline, like, yes, it's hard for both, especially probably the first time you have to discipline them, and they get angry and everything. You're probably going to cry more than they are. <laughs> but just, you know, stick to it. Follow, stick to your gun. Just follow through and just know, you know, they'll be angry. They'll get over it. You'll, you know, move forward and everything. And just know that you were making the right decision that they have to have rules and boundaries. That's how they learn to follow rules and boundaries as they get older. So, worst outfit, first up, of course, is going to go to... I really did not like Becky's top. It was like... It, it looked like some scr scratchy type brown material. You want to know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of one... Um, I would go and see the Franciscan nuns. Well, one of them for counseling sessions. And she always wore this scratchy looking brown. It's not a dress. It's more like a, it's not like a nun habit and everything like that. Like you're, you're used to seeing them. But it just, it made me think of that like scratchy, like material. It's just very unflattering. Um, as far as for the best outfit of the episode, I like those shorts that Kimmy was wearing. I couldn't get a good picture of what, it looked like a painting or something on the back of the shorts. Like a promenade or whatever people were walking. I, I don't know, but I thought those were really cool. I really, and I liked, like, her yellow top with her, like, emerald green shorts that were running underneath the shorts. Or the leg, I remember green leggings, I'm sorry, that were running under the shorts were pretty cool too. Um, Steve definitely loved his shirt at dinner. Whew, he looks good in blue, I'll say that very, very much. Um, if I had to give runner up for the outfit that just was, you know, another worst outfit. Because Kimmy and Steve get best outfit awards. Um, I would definitely have to go with runner up worst. It's going to be Stephanie. She was wearing this black shirt that had, like, across the, the chest had, um, like, some days sticking out, like, daisy flowers, like, running across. I'm like, eh, not really. No, no, no. But, of course, like, what I was saying before I got into the best, worst, you know, outfits of the episode is going to be the Tanner Teachable moment. Just stick to your guns. You know, it's it's going to be hard disciplining for the first time. I'm not speaking as a parent because, I, like I said, I don't have kids. Um, but just getting into the habit, you know, starting them young, start letting them know what behavior you will accept and what behavior you will simply not tolerate. Just let them know there are going to be consequences when you break rules. You know, you know, forms of punishment, you know, timeouts and lost privileges and stuff like that. So they know the next time they do something, they'll, you know, eventually once they have a conscience to tell them, should you be doing this? Should you not? Weighing the pros and cons. Cons, I'm going to lose a privilege. I'm going to get grounded. I'm not going to be able to go somewhere. There's clearly no pros other than the short amount of satisfaction you get if, you know, by 
having something you know you're not supposed to or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's the Tanner Teachable moment for that. Um, worst character. Um, I'm not going to say he's a hundred, like worse, worse, because I don't want to put Danny in that category, but uh, paying the girls off. Well, at least DJ, uh, DJ, no, she didn't see any money. Stephanie and Michelle, paying them off. He was just kind of giving in to what they wanted, like the fact that they were going to this dinner knowing that, oh, we're not going to like it, so give us something to make us pretend we're going to like it. Like, Danny could have used a good pep talk because he was the one doling out advice to Becky and Jesse. Danny could have used a pep talk as in, no, you tell the girls, you go in there, you try the food, it's okay if you don't like it, but don't act like a brand like, ew, it's so gross, ew. Don't, I mean, they go out and pop. Come on. So you don't do that when you're, and, but Steph, Stephanie's like 11. Michelle's at least six or seven at this point. She should be, but then again, that's the thing with Michelle. They've let her kind of ru- rule the roost around that house. And that's why she is the way that she is. Even what irritated me was the fact that Danny was having to explain to her about forgiveness and when someone apologizes, you forgive them. And him having to the point where he has to finally say, well, forgiveness means being the bigger person. She's saying, well, inside I'm even littler. And she, he's like, well, also forgiveness means being an understanding and generous and kind person. Isn't that the kind of person you want to be? She doesn't answer right away like she's pondering it. I still say that if Pam had, Pam had survived, Pam Tanner had survived, Michelle would not be the child that she is. Her personality would not. Because think about it. Think about the um, the pilot episode when DJ moved all her stuff from the basement. And Danny asks her, how would mom have handled this? DJ says, mom would have caught me before I even moved down to the basement. Because mom knew everything I was going to do before I did it. Because she knew her daughter so well. And Danny would say, well, you know, your mother was so good at this kind of stuff. I'd come home from work and everything would be fine. And it just kind of went to show. It's like Danny really didn't know really a whole lot about his kids as far as when it came to their behaviors like Pam did. Pam pretty much kept that whole house running while Danny was working the whole time. So... It's almost thinking about back on it now was a learning experience, not just for him to get to know his kids and the kids to kind of get to know their dad a little more on a different level, you know, a parental level even. Not that he wasn't a parent, but it's a whole lot different when you're delegating responsibilities to your wife. Now that your wife isn't there anymore, you're ha- the responsibility, you know, lays completely on you and the two other people you brought in to also share the delegated responsibility of the children and stuff. So it's all really a learn. It was a learning experience for him and the guys and the kids as well. So, especially when it came to... But I like, honestly, how... And it doesn't happen all the time, because Danny does tend to give Michelle 
a lot of leeway there, more than he gives the girls, the older girls. And, but he does hold them accountable for their actions, like he did with Michelle. And I was, you know, up until he gave them, you know, $5 to uh, pretend they liked Vicky's cooking. <laughs> you know, I always, and I know it would have ruined the dynamic of the show. That's why Vicky eventually went to New York. I really wonder how things would have been if she'd have been a stepmother. Like, she would have found a local job around the San Francisco area to... And also, think about it. She said, I'll be cooking for the whole, as in the whole, you know, ten of us. Not to mention, she would be a stepmom to DJ Stephanie and Michelle. Just kind of thinking how... If she had more of a presence in the girls' lives, I mean, it's not going to make a huge impact on, you know, DJ's almost out of high school and Stephanie's, like, 11 at this point. But Michelle, definitely, I mean, I don't know. I've just always been kind of curious about how that would have kind of played out if it had worked in, you know, their favor. All right, join me next week when I finish the series... Jesse and Becky, bleh, cannot talk to save my life. Jesse and Becky, the next chapter, new parent series with season seven, episode twelve, entitled "Support Your Local Parents," which aired on November thirtieth, nineteen ninety three. In this episode, Jesse and Becky are concerned that Nikki and Alex won't socialize with other kids and attend a parent support group. In the meantime, Stephanie and Michelle learn DJ has received a traffic ticket and request full access to her wardrobe, or they'll tell Danny. Ah, sisterly bonding, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's funny, Jeremy can always tell when I've been podcasting because he's like, gosh, your voice. Your voice sounds so hoarse. Well, it comes with a job. What can I When you're sitting in front of a microphone for like two to three hours recording a podcast because these episodes usually are over two hours long. Eventually, and even with the liquids here to help... Uh, Soothe my, uh, soothe my throat muscles and my vocal cords. It happens. <laughs> what can I say? But, uh, I, I, I enjoy this. I have a lot of fun. I actually spent last night going through all the episodes of Full House that I haven't covered yet. There's quite a lot of them. I actually put them all into categories, between 2021 and 2022. Now that doesn't mean that I just kind of put the categories there as they are. Doesn't mean those are necessary. the months that I'm going to be doing them. I could like say I'd rather do this series in 2021 instead of 2022. And that's not counting Fuller House. Um, whether or not I'll do all the episodes that I haven't done of Fuller House, it still remains to be seen. There are going to be times that I might take a month off from doing the Full House, Fuller House podcast, like I'm doing that in January, to kind of play catch up with other things. Maybe I'll be like, okay, this month, instead of doing Full House, the Full House podcast, I'll do like a month of Boy Meets World or something like that and kind of swip swap. Because starting January, I am going to be starting getting back into season one of Different Strokes. 
I'm going to be covering that weekly like I did with Silver Spoons, which the last episode of the podcast of Silver Spoons will be put out, excuse me, on the 27th of December. And that will be done with that podcast, which if you want to hear the Silver Spoons podcast, it's specifically on the Punky Power podcast page. So, just kind of play things by, by ear with that and everything. Sometimes you kind of need a break to, you know, just reset and just pull back away while I work on things behind the scenes. So, that's just... That's how it goes sometimes. And I don't know why I'm yawning. It's only 8.48 at night. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. I had fun. And next week I'm going to be doing Support Your Local Parents. Look forward in February to the next Full House series. I'll be covering episodes of Tanner Girls in Love. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'll be covering Baby Love. I'll be covering Stephanie Plays the Field, Lovers, and Other Tanners, and Dateless in San Francisco. Also, if you guys want to have input on the podcast episodes that I do, you got an opinion, memory, I want to hear about it, send me an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you got a minute, jump on iTunes, leave a five-star review if you can. You can use an emoji with a... A Christmas tree, a snowflake, a Santa Claus. I don't know if there's a Rudolph reindeer or not. You can use that too. Have fun. Be creative. All right. I'll be back next week. Bye-bye, everybody. And please continue to be safe out there if you go outside. Just use precautions. We'll see what 2021 has in store for us.